We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Hey, um, I just want to honor my wife right now. Jose, can you throw that picture up? So I want to honor my... <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good picture. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's my wife and uh, our daughter, Soraya, and son, Julian. And I want to honor my wife because my kids and I went through, and I say my kids and I, went through a divorce a few years back. And the reason why I include the kids in that, because how many of you guys know that when a family splits like that, the kids suffer because of it, you know? And she has been an amazing mother to the kids. And I just want to honor her. Thank you, guys. I just want to honor my wife. I love you, sweetheart. So that picture is of us in uh, Disney World. So this past December, we took the kids uh, to Orlando, Florida, to Disney World. And uh, it was a cool trip. Like, Disney World was a little rough, though, because, you know, my wife and I are not, we, we're not big on technology like that. So when you buy tickets at Disney World, you got to buy the tickets, plus you got to get the app so then you can register the tickets that you just bought for whatever park you go to. Yeah, it's funny, right? It's, it's not funny. <laughs> so we didn't know that we had to do all that. So we almost flew all the way out to Orlando with tickets we just bought and couldn't even get into the park. So we eventually got in, and I don't even remember what park we went to. It was... Epcot, all right. We went to Epcot. It was, it was cool, but it's funny because we got COVID out there, like in Florida. So we went, so we went, flew into Orlando, then drove down to Miami. We were chilling in Miami for a little bit. And then after that, we drove down to Key Largo and stayed like down there in an uh, uh, Airbnb. And we got COVID while we were there. How many of you guys know anything about Florida? How come nobody said nothing about the no seams? What the hell is a no seum? So we're sitting there in the pool with this dude, and he was like, y'all don't know about the no seums? And we're like, what's the no seum? He was like, there's these little bugs that jump on you, only at dusk, though, and they tear you up. Like, it's worse than a mosquito bite. Like, our feet were messed up. We were scratching. I feel like I had hay fever from, from no seum bites. Like, so anyway, we're, we're there. Then we get COVID. I can't breathe. I'm trying to climb up and downstairs and cook. Can't breathe, and you know, I'm a, I'm a dude, so I'm like, I'm good. <sighs> Can't breathe, I'm fine. My wife is like, are you okay? How about you sit down? I'm like, <sighs> no, I'm good, I got it. <laughs> Just terrible. You know, like, that time wasn't that great. Then they went snorkeling without me, because I couldn't snorkel. I couldn't even breathe regular, so I was going to get in the water. <laughs> they went snorkeling without me. I was a little upset at that, but I was good. But, I mean, overall, the trip was pretty cool. So one day, we were sitting inside of this, uh, we, we were down at the pool, and we walk into the pool. It's my wife, my daughter, and I. My, I don't know what my son was doing. But we walked into the pool. And as we're in there, I just felt like all the eyes were on me when I walked in. Now, I mean, I know I look good. But the thing about it is, is that it was a different feeling for me. I was like, what is going on? Like, all these people are looking at me. This is weird. And there was a lady in particular that kept just, like, staring at me. And so I don't know how, I don't, how many of you guys were here last time when I talked about fighting. But... I don't have any problem with fighting. Like, it's from the Holy Spirit, though. Go, don't laugh at me. Look, hey, so hold on. Before you start laughing, before you start laughing, when David had a problem, when the, when the Goliath was disrespecting him, what happened? Yep, cut his head right off. 
So I don't want to hear about this. Oh, Christians ain't supposed to fight. Yeah, you are. The Bible says you can cut their head off if they bug you. So we're sitting at the pool, and I'm like ready. You know, I'm like all these people around, like I'm ready, you know. And this lady in particular keeps looking at me. And so I'm like sitting there, and I tell my wife, I'm like, you know what, babe? Like I'm not. This is not. And so my wife actually gets up, and she swims over to where this lady is sitting. And they start having a conversation. Now, we're on vacation, guys, in Key Largo, Florida, at this resort at a pool. Like, I don't know why anybody has to fight while they're on vacation, but I did. So, no, I didn't fight, but I felt like I wanted to. So we're over there, and my wife swims over and starts talking to this woman. And apparently we said something or did something or one of us had something on, but this woman was from Seattle, Washington, where we are from. We're from Seattle. And so I'm like, oh, she kept looking at us, looking at us. That's the reason why she was looking at us. And like, I was ready to fight, you know, like maybe not the woman, but the dude that she was with, I was definitely going to fight. <laughs> but I was ready to fight this whole time until I realized this, there's no reason to fight. This woman is just, she's making the connection to us and probably didn't even know how to approach us sitting there. But my wife is amazing. She swam over there. They start talking, you know, and, and, but I, you know, it was different for me, you know, or like I was, a, we were at our church the other day and we're taking this class and it's like, hey, stand up and talk about why you're in the class and what you're doing here and why you want to whatever. So I stand up and I'm like, I just want to be honest with you. Every time I walk into a room full of white people, I'm nervous. <laughs> That ain't funny. <laughs> I was nervous, you know, because of my experiences that I've had. I'm like, man, this is not, I don't feel comfortable with that, you know? And we start having that conversation in that meeting, and I just opened up about the way that people make me feel, you know? And I wasn't trying to be rude or weird. My wife is white, you know? Like, I love white pe person, you know? But... <laughs> But my wife is white, so I wasn't trying to be weird about it, but that was just, that's been my experience, you know? And that's, that's just the bottom line, it's been my experience. So I'm like, okay, I start talking about how people make me feel. So if you wanna turn with me to Matthew, the 13th chapter, verse 24. Matthew 13, 24. And Jesus is sitting and he's talking about, he's, he tells parables. And the reason why he's telling these parables is because people don't understand the word. So he was like, look, I got to tell them like this so they'll understand it, you know? And so to me, parables means more like, you know, like movies. You know, like I like, I like hearing stories that are like that. But there's an there's a underlying meaning behind the stories, you know? So in verse 24, he says, he put another parable before them, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. So the man who's sowing good seed in his field is Jesus. The seed is us, and the field is the world, okay? And he says, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds. While his men were sleeping. So Jesus is the sower. Jesus wasn't sleeping. The world wasn't sleeping, but the men were sleeping, right? So he said, while the men were sleeping, his enemy came in and sowed weeds among them. So when the plants came up and bore grain, 
When the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. Stop right there. So when the plants came up, so when God sows us into the world and we start bearing fruit, it said when the plants came up and bore grain, we start doing a little something. You know, you start getting excited about your life. The weeds came up also. Does that make sense? Are we following? The weeds came up also. And it said, the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, master, did you not sow good seed? Man, let me tell you, how many times are we in a situation where because something doesn't look right, because it ain't going right, because it doesn't seem like this is where we should be, we question God. God, are you sure this is where I'm supposed to be? Master, did you not sow a good seed? Did you not put me where I'm supposed to be at? Because my life is hard? Because somebody said something or did something? Because somebody didn't look at me right? Because I was getting stared at at the pool on vacation? Did you not, am I, am I supposed to be here? I got COVID. Is this not the right place? Does that make sense? Master, did you not sow good seed in this field? Then how then does it have weeds? Am I, I'm following you, I'm tithing. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, I'm praying. I'm in devotional. I pray, I speak to the pastor. I don't know, what do you want me to do, God? Why am I going through things if this is what, if I'm doing all the, if I'm taking the right steps? The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, right? So if I'm taking the steps that you've ordered for me, why is my life messed up? Why is it hard? Why did I go through a divorce? Why did my kids suffer? Why did I suffer? Whatever that looks like in your life, whatever point you are, whatever thing is hard, why am I going through that if, if you sowed a good seed, if I'm where I'm supposed to be? Are you sure, God? How many times do we question God, his ability, his grace, his knowledge of where we should be at in our lives? And it says, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather up the weeds? Do you guys have a water for me down there? Then do you want him, do you, the servant said, do you want us to go, thank you, and gather up the weeds? And the next verse in there says, no, I don't. God, do you want me to get out of this situation? God, I'm going through a divorce. How is that even happening? Am I supposed to be in this? Do, do I need to get up and go do something else? Do I need to change churches because it ain't going well? God, where do, what am I supposed to do? And he says, no. Well, why, why, God? Why do I got to sit here in this? Stay put. Because if you uproot the weeds you'll uproot the wheat that I planted also. While uprooting the weeds, you'll uproot the, the, the wheat that I planted also. So when you're in your situation, when you're in that church that you've been offended at, when you're in a hard spot, when you're, you know what, we, we live in a microwave generation right now. Everything's gotta be right now, right here, all, all I want right now, everything is right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. We, we can't sit for a moment and just allow God to cultivate the next step. We want to run. We want to jump. How many of you guys know every time you get into something, you want to you wiggle out of it? I'm uncomfortable. 
We're in a generation of comfort. You get online right now, you want a package, if it ain't there the, the, the next day that it was supposed to be there, we're going down to UPS. Where's my package at? What are we doing? Praise the Lord, somebody didn't send you anthrax. You know, like, you, be, <laughs> you got your package, here you go. You know, it's like, come on, man, like, you microwave your food if it ain't done in three minutes, you know, what's wrong with my microwave? You know, it's like, come on, man. We can't, like, we can't wait just a second for God to move on our behalf. It's too hard. It's too hard, Lord. I don't want to be in this. We get squirmy, you know? Like, it, it, just, it just doesn't feel good. But how many of you guys know it ain't about how you feel? The Bible never says if you feel okay, this is the right way. Hey, that rhymed, huh? You know, like, the Bible never says that. The Bible never says as long as things are good, you can keep moving forward, right? The Bible never says that. But what the Bible does say is that you will have trials in this world. You will go through things in this world. And it doesn't say when you go through them, get out of it real quick. That's our theology. That's man's philosophy and theology. We can't sit in anything. We can't allow God to move, cultivate. How many of you guys cook? I love the barbecue. Well, okay. I love the barbecue. I love the barbecue. And when you barbecue, like especially a good piece of meat, like a brisket or some ribs or something, you can't, you can't just throw a seasoning on there and throw it on there real quick and be like, all right, you know. <laughs> you know, like you got to leave it on there for a while. It's got to marinate. And when it's done, then you can eat it. Then you enjoy it, right? Like, it's difficult for us to sit in those times because it's uncomfortable, because it's hard. But God is saying, sit in that. Because once you're done incubating, once I've done cultivating you, then you'll be ready. Then it'll be time to move forward. So he says, uh, let them both grow together, verse 30, let them both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles and burn the grain, excuse me, gather the, gather the grain first and then burn the weeds afterwards. God is saying, look, when you're ready, when it's time, then the harvest will come. If you turn with me to... <clears throat> Excuse me, turn with me to Matthew 5, 44. Excuse me, not Matthew, John 16, 33. I just got a couple of points that I want to give you guys. A couple of points that I want to give you guys. Is that rain? Yeah, I'll talk about Washington. John 16, 33. John 16, it says, I have set these things to you. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Listen to the first part of that verse. That in me, the first part of that verse is in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. If you're wondering Man, like, how do I get through this? If it gets hard, what am I, I'm not supposed to squirm. Like, what do I do, Michael? Stop running and stay with God. 
Stop running and stay with God. It's so easy to run from your situation. It's so easy to just move from thing to thing, from church to church, from woman to woman, from man to man. It's so easy to just go. Stop running and stay with God. The beginning of that verse says, in me, you will have peace. In Jesus, you will have peace. The Bible says that I've given you peace that surpasses all understanding. You know what that means, that surpasses all understanding? That means that when you're in the middle of your divorce, when you should be pulling your hair out and going crazy, God gave you peace. It doesn't mean your situation is better. It just means he gave you peace in it. In me, you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In the world, it's going to be hard. How many of you guys are in the world right now? Please raise your hand, everybody. It's going to be hard. It will continue to be hard. But God, the Bible says that I have overcome the world. Right? In him you have peace, but I have overcome the world. I don't know, when I look at that, I think of, you know, it, it brings me back. I think of some of the things that I've been through as a kid. I think of some of the things that I've gone through even as an adult. And trying to break free trying to do all these things under my own power, trying to, you know, to move, to grow, to be, to do, to, you know, I got to grind. You know, like, I'm just, stop. Stop running. Get with God. Get that peace that only he can give you. It doesn't come from drugs. It doesn't come from sex. It comes from God, the peace that he gives you. Understand, Right? So now that you know, you understand, I'm in the world, there's going to be trouble. You know. You can't say you didn't know because I just told you. <laughs> there's going to be trouble. Now that you know that, stop running. Stop squirming. Stop looking to do something different. Sit there. Allow God to give you the peace because he overcame the world. Ain't nothing you could do about it. Just straight up. Ain't nothing you could do about it. Number two, pray. Matthew 5.44, pray. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Man, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't, this was a hard one for me. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I didn't even want to write that point down. <laughs> When God shared it with me, I was like, hold up, Lord. <laughs> Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I want to pray for people who have done things to me. I can't, even, I can't even get down like that. But let me share something with you. I, uh, I had a very colorful childhood. I'll just say that. Leave it right there. Don't ask me about it. I'm still triggered. Very colorful Childhood. And there are some things that I went through with my family, like people who are supposed to be loving, caring, nurturing, all that stuff to you. There are some things I went through with my family. I grew up without my dad. My mom was emotionally void. Brothers and sisters were around, but weren't around, but were around, you know? Been through some things in my life. And all of those things that I had been through in my life continued to manifest themselves in fighting, in anger, 
and drugs and women and all, like all the things that you can think of. It manifested himself like that. But recently, I decided, I heard, actually I heard John Bevere talk about praying for people like you would pray for yourself. Now, at first it didn't make sense to me because I didn't pray for myself. I'm just being real. I didn't pray for myself. I just, I could fight, so I didn't, I didn't have to pray. I just whipped that, you know. <laughs> I didn't have to pray. But anytime somebody got in my way, anytime something happened, my wife came to me one day and she was like, you know, I feel bad for you. She was like, I feel bad for you because you're always fighting. Any little thing happened, I wanted to fight. It didn't matter what it was. I was always trying to fight. Like, you just get that in you, you know? It's like fight or flight. I didn't have flight. I only had fight. There was nothing else. There was, uh, like, just fight. Every time something happened. Good, fight. Bad, fight. Indifferent, I don't know, fight. You know, like, it's just always the same thing. And she came to me and she was like, I feel bad for you because you're always in turmoil. You're always fighting. I was fighting within myself. I was fighting outward. I was fighting her. I was fighting the kids all the time. And then I, like, I, was, I heard that from John Bevere, like, pray for people how you would pray for yourself. Now, it took me a minute because I didn't pray for myself, but then I decided that I was going to do that. And I literally would walk around. We have like this little walking path in our neighborhood. Eh, it's not a path. We just walk through neighborhoods. But <laughs> we have that right where we live, and I would walk that in the mornings, and I would pray. And I would pray for my ex-wife. I would pray for my mom, my brothers. Like, and there was some stuff that happened, but I started praying, like real praying for people. And the peace that began to come over me. And not just the peace, but the forgiveness that took place in that. The Bible says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. He doesn't want you to push out of that. He doesn't want you to just be like, ah, you know, what, whatever. I'm going to move on. Now, I'm not saying if you're in an abusive situation, don't, don't stick in that. You know, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that if there are people that get on your nerves, that trigger you, that whatever, you know, like, pray for them. Pray for those people is what the word is saying. Pray. That's the only way you get through it, is to pray. And the third verse <clears throat> is in Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Verse 3. Isaiah 61, verse 3. It says, To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, gladness in mourning, and the garment of praise. Instead of, faint, instead of a faint spirit. He gives us beauty for our ashes. You know what? There's an exchange that takes place. There's a currency that happens. We can't use the world's metrics for a spiritual equation. You cannot use the world's metrics for a spiritual equation. Praise is the third one. Praise is the third one. 
I tell you, you can't use the world's metrics for a spiritual equation because when we get in those times, we want to move. We want to go. We want to grow. We want to be. We want to do all these things that are contrary to what the word of God says. But the word says that there's an exchange that takes place. When we use that spiritual, when we use that spiritual equation, the exchange is he gives you beauty for your ashes. And he gives you joy for your pain. And he gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know what? I'm, the worship team is getting up here right now. We're going to do something a little different this Sunday at church. In the middle of a message, we're going to worship God. And I don't want you guys to stand there and sing the songs because the words are on the screen. I want you guys to worship God. Remember earlier when I was telling you I didn't know the songs, I didn't know the words, but I just worshiped God anyway. Stand there and give him whatever is on your heart. The Bible says to cast your care upon me for I care what happens to you. But how many of y'all know we cast it and then take it right back? Right? The thing there though is that every time you give it to God, you take a little less back. So if you got to give it to him 5,000 times a day, give it to him 5,000 times a day. Because at some point, you're not going to take it back. And that praise that's in your heart, and that praise that God has given you, give that to him also. Because he gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, whatever your spirit is heavy about. Allow the Holy Spirit to move right now. Allow him to take that from you. Allow him to be your strength, your guide, your healer, your Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, Join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.